Welcome back to the National Security Hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network on High Heart Radio, the voice of freedom, the out loud truth. Today, your host will be Dr. Michael Scheuer and myself, Colonel Mike. Today's very special guest, his name is Fred Coulter. He's from the cbcg.org. It's, it's church at home, true Christianity. We're bringing Fred on because the crisis we are in America today, we need more leaders, men of God, people that of the country, but to tell the truth. We want to welcome Fred Coulter to the National Security Hour. Fred Coulter, welcome to the National Security Hour. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it very much. Let's ask a question. Why are we having all the troubles that we have? And no one seems to know how to fix it. Government doesn't know. Elite don't know. They're trying to form a one-world government, and that's prophesied in the Bible in Revelation 13. And it's going to lead to a total disaster. But what about America? What about Western civilization right now? It is in dire straits. And the forces of evil are rising up within it. Now, a lot of people don't believe the Bible. And many are asking, oh, we need a new Bible for this time, for this age. Let's have an artificial intelligent Bible. It will print one for us and it will be the best thing in the world for all people. Well, they cannot outdo God. Let's ask the question. Is God involved in the things that are going on today? The answer is yes. And it's involved in such a way that it fulfills prophecy. There are a lot of things that are taking place that are difficult indeed. But let's look at what it is with America. Now, we have a book, America and Britain, their biblical origin and their prophetic destiny. Most people don't know who we are today. The 12 tribes are still in existence. And the Jews like to claim that they're all of Israel living in in the Middle East at the present time. That is not true because America was prophesied to be the greatest nation in the world. And God made it that way. And how did we start it? We started it on all the principles of the Bible and all the men who wrote the Constitution and everything amongst their debates prayed to God to guide them in what they should do with the Declaration of Independence and later with the Constitution of the United States, which is one of the best constitutions of governments in the world. However, it will only work if the people are God-fearing and law-abiding. When we come where we are today, which was prophesied that would happen, And let me read to you out of the very first chapter of Isaiah. Now, Isaiah was written in 800 B.C. So, this prophecy has multiple applications upon Israel all the way down through history, wherever they would be. But now in America, 
there are parts of all 12 tribes of Israel. So you need this book, America and Britain in Prophecy. Now, let me read a prophecy from Isaiah, the first chapter. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have reared up and brought up children, but they have rebelled against me. Are we living in a time of rebellion now? Are we living in a time when people reject the word of God? Even those who were supposed to preach it. Yes, we are. How is that turning out? Well, we'll see the cause of it in a little bit. So he says, the ox knows his owner, the donkey knows his master's crib, but Israel, that is God's people, God's nation, and that's us today, does not know me. My people do not understand. That's exactly what we have right today. Who can solve any of the problems that we have today? Even the religionists don't know what to do. And their answer is milk toast and never works. Okay. So the first thing that has to happen is that people need to understand that they are living their lives against God. And sooner or later when that happens, the hand of God's punishment comes upon whatever people they are, wherever they are, and they are faced with war and famine and destruction. And is that not the history of the world? Yes. Here, verse 4, it says, A sinful nation, people burdened with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children who deal corruptly. That's exactly what it is in America today. People have turned their back on God. There are more atheists than ever before. There are more God-haters than ever before. There are more witches than ever before. There are more sexual perverts than ever before. From A to Z, it's unreal. And that's all because of sin. And that's because the preachers did not preach what they should preach. They did not teach the love and commandments of God. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel to anger. They have gone away backwards. And that fully describes what's happening in America today and many nations in the world, because at the end time, all of these things are going to be coming upon the whole world as well. You look around and think, well, how much more can we take? How much more homelessness do we need? How many more drugs do we need? How many more lawless crimes do we need? How many more corrupt politicians do we need? How many more corrupt teachers do we need? We don't need them. So God asked the question, why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick. That's entire government. And just yesterday, they found cocaine in the western wing of the White House of the United States. Fred, I'm glad you brought that up a second. I want to bring this up. What was your take when you saw those rainbow LBGTQA, whatever it is, flags flying over the White House? Now, remember, back in the day of Obama, they had the lights over the White House. Yeah. But now we had the flags, and we had a whole month of pride. 
Yeah, well, that homosexual pride for a whole month, it just demonstrates how absolutely perverse the nation has become. And the rainbow was stolen from God because at his throne, if you read there in Revelation, the fourth chapter, there's a rainbow around the throne of God. And if you remember what God said concerning the flood of Noah, that his promise and covenant with the world after the flood was, he would never bring a flood to destroy the whole world again like he did in the days of Noah. And the sign of his pledge not to do it was what? The The rainbow. rainbow. Now, there is a movement by some people try and take the rainbow back from the homosexuals but they won't do it. They'll just anger them more and more and more. The whole head is sick. The whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot, that means from the lowest person in America, even to the head, that is the president, the Congress, the governors, the legislators of the states and everything, from the sole of the foot, even to the top of the head, there is no soundness in it only wounds and bruises and putrefying sores that have not been closed, nor bound up, nor soothed with ointment. Now, that's because people have rejected God. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. You hear all the religionists say, all the love of God is unconditional. And all you have to do is say this nice little prayer, and you will be saved. That is a fantastic lie. Amen. Well, congratulations. You have just become part of the family of God. Your country is a desolation. Is that not true? Your cities are burned with fire. And guess what's going to happen during the election of 2024? More cities will burn on fire. Strangers devour your land right in your very presence. That is the immigration. It's not a problem. It's a flood. And just think what's going to happen when we have an economic downturn and everybody's unemployed. It's going to be a vicious, vicious, desperate time to make 1929 look like a walk in the park. Your country's a desolation. Strangers devour it right in your very presence. It is wasted as overthrown by strangers. So God says, the only way you can do it is come to him. Because there are a lot of people who are going to be out there saying, oh, well, we need to turn to God. But then they never tell you what that means. But they always say God is in control, Fred. God is in control. Don't worry. He's got it. Well, God is in control and God has loosed Satan out of his closet. So you'll go to churchatome.org and you watch the five segments that we did on Satan out of the closet. And it will tell you the bare-knuckle truth 
of what is happening. Unless there's repentance, and repentance means sorrow, remorse, and turning from the way you're going to then begin walking in God's way. God says, when you spread forth your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. So God says, wash you with the word of God. Cleanse your way. Cleanse your action. Cleanse your mind. And make yourself clean. Put away the evil of your doing. Now, evil is lawlessness. So stop breaking the laws of God. We'll talk about that in the next segment here. Put away okay, the we're evil of your doing before my eyes. Then he says, learn to do good. Seek judgment. And then he says, come, let us reason together, and he'll forgive your sin. And you need to understand that what has been taught in the churches in doing away with the law of God has been absolutely the most catastrophic thing to happen because Paul never taught that. There are some difficult scriptures to understand. So here is the book, the Apostle Paul's teachings on God's laws. So write for that. Now back to Isaiah, the first chapter, right where we left off. God says, learn to do good. What is good? Keeping the commandments of God. Oh, well, a lot of people say, well, that's a curse. Really? Think about it. Let's just take the last six commandments. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. Now, if everybody followed those laws, no murder, no adultery, no lying, no stealing, no cheating, wouldn't that be a good nation? Wouldn't the nation be blessed by doing that? So here he says, if you want to come back to God, he says, learn to do good, seek judgment, Reprove, reprove the oppressor, judge the orphan, plead for the widow. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. You come to God, you confess your sins, and sin is a transgression of the laws of God. Okay? And the laws of God are required by every person in the world because those were given by God for our good, for our blessing. But because we're now breaking them, we're receiving all the curses. And we've gone so far that, and so much evil and so many things that we're bringing out that Satan and all the demons are out of the closet and in the open. And if you don't believe that, look at some of the clips of the pride parades that were across America during this Pride Month. And remember, the Bible says, pride comes before destruction. And one other thing, speaking of destruction, remember what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah in the book of Genesis? God destroyed it for all of their perverse sex. And what's going to happen with us for doing the same thing? God is not going to close his eyes. 
God is not going to bless us in that. He is going to send his hand of punishment, and it's going to be difficult, and that's what we're experiencing now. So here's what everyone needs to do on an individual basis. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. Now notice verse 19. Key verse. If. The most important word in the Bible. If. Because it shows we have to exercise our free moral agency. If you are willing and obedient. Obedient to what? To God. What do you mean to God? Well, read the Ten Commandments. Those are simple. Those are easy to understand. You need to have the right God. No idols, no statues, no pictures, no bowing down to them, no taking the name of God in vain, and that's taking the name of God in vain wherever that people meet on Sunday and they say this is the Lord's day and it never was and never will be. The seventh day Sabbath is the day of God, which he made at creation. But everybody says, Fred, it's for the Jews. No, it's not for the Jews. The Jews like to claim that for themselves, but it's not. It's for all people. And when he made the Sabbath, guess what? There weren't any Jews. That's right. That wasn't for thousands of years later. So that is a big Jewish lie. And they like to have it that way because they don't believe in Jesus. Some few do, but most don't. Okay? If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. The good of the land is now slowly disappearing, step by step. Now notice verse 20. But if, here's another if. If you refuse, if you hear the word of God and you hear the truth of God and you understand the commandments of God and you don't start keeping them, you are refusing God. If you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it, and God has already set the troops in place in America for its internal destruction. You go online and look up the Chinese that have come across the border who are military age and look at how much China is controlling us. Let's see about the commandments of God. Let's see what did Jesus say. Everybody likes to talk about the love of God. Everybody likes to say, oh, well, God's love is unconditional. That is not true. God's love is conditional. Why? Because everyone who wants to come to God, have their sins forgiven, and want to start out anew, 
they must start to learn to love God with all their heart and mind and soul and being. And that's what Jesus said was the greatest and first commandment. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Not done away. Not like the Catholics say it's the old law. No, the Catholics have the oldest law of man that they're following. It's called the Babylonian mysteries. The laws of God go clear back to Adam and Eve. All right? So what about the love of God? What did Jesus say? Huh? Now, everyone likes to take this one verse, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, and whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Mistranslation. It should read, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Conditional. Now, let's read the conditions here. Let's see what Jesus said. People say, oh, I love the Lord. Okay. Do you keep his commandments? Oh, no, we don't have to keep his commandments. But what did Jesus say? Verse 15. If, there's that word again. If, if you love me. Now, the way it is in Christianity of this world is, if you say you love Jesus, you just be good and do whatever you want. No, 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 no. Jesus said, John 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep the commandments, namely my commandments. Okay? Now, let's answer a question. Who was Jesus? Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. And he, before he was manifested in the flesh, was the Lord God of the Old Testament. So, read that one sentence again. If you love me, keep the commandments, namely my commandments. Now, what is the love of God? It says in 1 John 5 and verse 2, here is the love of God that we keep his commandments. The commandments are good for us. You show me one commandment that is evil. You show me one commandment that is not right and good and righteous. You can't do it because God is righteous and holy and true, and his word is true, and his commandments are for our benefit. Okay? Now let's read it again here. Verse 21. Now think on this. The one who has my commandments and is keeping them, now listen carefully, that is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Now that's quite a statement, you see. So this tells us love is two ways. You can't hate the commandments of God and so you love him. And you can't expect God to love you if you hate his commandment. 
because Jesus died for your sins, which are the transgression of the commandments of God, and his sacrifice is the only sacrifice to cover sin the way that it should be. Judas, not Iscariot, didn't understand what he's saying. So he said, Lord, how are you going to manifest yourself? Okay, here's how he does it. Verse 23, Jesus answered and said to him, if, if you love me, if anyone will love me, he will keep my word. Now then, the word is the whole message. And that came directly from God, the Father. So if you defy God, and if you go against his commandments, that's what you have as a nation. A nation filled with sin, a nation filled with sexual debauchery, a nation filled with liars and cheats and homelessness and corrupt politicians and a president that doesn't know which way to go. So he said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father. Now I want you to think about this. This is what God wants. The father will love him. That is, the greatest being in the vastness of the universe will love you. But you have to come to the point of being baptized and receive the Holy Spirit as well. That's all tied in together, see? So the Christianity of this world that you hear in the world is not of God. That is fake Christianity. And now they want to bring in a fake Bible by AI. Yavel Noah Harari, the right-hand man, of Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum, supposedly one of the greatest brains in the world, says that there is no meaning to human life. Now, that's what we were up against with Satanism being preached everywhere in the world. So you need the book, Why Were You Born? And you also need the book, called holidays or God's holy days, which, because that will tell you what you really need to know. Those four books, all you have to do is go to truthofgod.org and ask for the four books that I mentioned on Mike and Mike. That's all you need to ask. We'll send them to you. Now let's pick it up where we left off on John 14, because this is very important because these are the words of Jesus. You want to know what Jesus wants us to know? You want to know what he wants us to do? Well, you read the words of Jesus. Huh? Is that too hard? No. All right. So when Jesus said that he'd manifest himself to the disciples or anyone who keeps the commandments, and Judas, who was not Iscariot, said, how are you going to do that, Lord? So here's the answer. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, again, notice, if he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode with him. Now that's through receiving the Holy Spirit of God, which only comes from repentance and baptism. 
Okay. Now notice the next verse. This is very plain. And think on this. The one who does not love me. Now think on this. When anyone says you do not have to keep the commandments and laws of God, they don't love Jesus. They can profess it, but professing is not loving. Loving requires action. Loving requires works, just like in a marriage. If you have a husband and wife, and the husband hates the wife, what kind of relationship are you going to have? Disastrous and divorced. Well, that's what Christianity in this world is. They hate God under the pretense of loving him because they don't have the works to prove the truth. Now listen, he says here, the one who does not love me, verse 24, does not keep my words. Stop and think on this. Jesus was the Lord God of the Old Testament before he became Jesus in the flesh. He made the Sabbath and made it holy. In the New Testament, he says in Mark, the second chapter, that he is Lord of the Sabbath day, not Sunday. Those blasphemous people who say that Sunday is the Lord's day are serving Satan, the devil, not God. The one who does not keep my words does not love me. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the father's who the father who sent me. Okay. Now that's very important to understand. You can't just go live the way that you're living. You must come to God. And it has to be with each individual. That's why we'll send these four books to you at no cost whatsoever. Now, let's come back here to the book of 1 John, because we see the same thing again here. We see this over and over and over and over again. That's why you need this small book, Paul's Teachings on God's Law. Let's come to chapter 2. This is quite a thing, because even back then in John's day, they were starting to have the encroachment of those who were not keeping the commandments of God and bringing in the philosophy of the Greeks. And what is the, the Greek philosophy based upon? Babylonian philosophy. And what is the philosophy of the religions of this world today? It's Greek philosophy. And it was starting to come into the church and they were saying, well, you don't need to keep the commandments of God. All you need to do is love God. Same thing. Same satanic lie beginning clear back then. All right. So let's read it. First John 2 and verse 3. By this standard. There's only one standard. God's. We know that we know him. There are a lot of people, they say, know the Lord? Well, how do you know the Lord? By this, we know that we know him if, there's that word again, we keep his commandments. Huh. Now then, verse 4 follows right along with what we read in John, the 14th chapter, right? Let's read it. 
The one who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. Now, who's the father of lies? Satan, the devil. Now, he's going to come and make it nice and sweet and lovely for you. And you think that that's okay because the preacher said it was okay. But what if the preacher is deceived, which most of them are? And what if they just are are teaching what they have been taught rather than really learning what God has said? The one who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Okay? What is truth? Jesus said, the word of God is true. From the true God, what we need to do, how we need to live, what we need to keep. Let's read a little further because this makes it even more clear. And you can gauge all of the teachers who are preaching. You watch them on Sunday. They all preach against keeping the commandments. And that's why this nation is filled with lawlessness. So the truth is not in him. Now, verse 5, on the other hand, If anyone is keeping his word, that's what Jesus said. If you keep my word, I will love you and the Father will love you. And if you're keeping the word and commandments of God, then you love him. That's how you love God. See, what is missing, they want to take the love of God and say it's unconditional and applies to anyone at any time. No, you must love God back. See? Because it is a two-way thing, from God to you and you to God. And then with repentance and baptism, you receive the spirit of God, which then is a spirit of sound-mindedness, which then is a spirit of understanding the word of God, which is the spirit of the truth, which is the comforter from God. And the Holy Spirit is the power of God. All right? Verse 5, on the other hand, if anyone is keeping his word truly in this one, the love of God is being perfected. That's what God wants. In you, from God. And from God, giving you the strength to do so, and then you loving God back. And you show your love by keeping his commandments. He says, by this means, we know we are in him. Verse 6, anyone who claims to dwell in him is obligating himself. Now, here's an obligation from God. If you love God, if you want to follow his way, you are obligating yourself, okay, also to walk even as he himself, Jesus, walked. How did Jesus walk? Did he ever say, I have come to destroy the Sabbath and you can keep Sunday? No. The Catholics claim they brought Sunday in, which they did. Now then you have to ask a question. Can any man tell God what to do? 
Can any man take the law of God, especially the Ten Commandments, and say that it's done away, that you don't have to keep it? All you have to do is be nice people? Well, how can you be nice if you don't keep the commandments of God? How can you love your neighbor as yourself if you don't keep the commandments of God? How are you going to know what is right and what is wrong if you don't know the word of God? You don't. Let's come back here to Isaiah, the 40th chapter, because there are going to be people out there. They're going to try and create a new Bible with AI, and the world will go crazy over it. See, because those like Harari say, well, men wrote the Bible. Yes, they did, but they were inspired directly by God, and they kept the commandments of God, and they loved God. And they wrote what God wanted them to write. You read it in the Old Testament. The word of the Lord came to so-and-so, came to so-and-so. The word of the Lord came. God spoke to Moses and said, you speak to the children of Israel saying, all right? So everyone wants to bring in a new Bible. They're telling God what to do. And they're saying that they're better than God and they're standing in in the place of God, okay? So here's the question. Who has measured the waters of the earth in his hand and meted out heavens in a span? God created everything that there is. And who has comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains and the scales and the hills in the balance? God made it all. Everything that there is. There's no such thing as evolution. Verse 13. Who has directed the Spirit of God, or who was his counselor, that he might instruct him? And that's precisely what they want to do with the AI. They want to instruct God and say, look at us. Aren't we so smart? Now we have got a Bible written by artificial intelligence, which is all what man put into the machine, right? These words are the spiritual words inspired from God, written and preserved in the Bible, which is his word, and every word of God is truth. Verse 14, with whom did he take counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the way of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and made known the way of understanding to him? Huh? Where are all of the intelligent people of the world? Well, they are all worshiping Satan, the devil. So the thing is, if you want to know what you need to do, you write for these four books. You just go to truthofgod.org and ask for the four books on Mike and Mike, and we'll send them to you at no cost. And Fred, we want to thank you for coming on. God bless you and thank you. Take care. Thank you, sir.